welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, how are you? I am so glad that you're here to hang out with us today. Today, we are on part two of a two-part series all about protecting your marriage. If you missed last week's episode, I highly encourage that you go back and have a listen as our guest, Kimberly Walton, really unpacks visual way for you to think about how you are protecting your marriage and all of the different layers that go into that. And you guys, this is such an important thing for us to be talking about right now because it's back to school time. It's a new season and it's so easy to get distracted by everything else that's going on with our kids, with new schedules, new goals that we maybe have set for ourselves. If you're a part of Life Balance membership, we've had a heavy focus on routines and habits and SOPs that we're applying to our lives. And it's easy to lose sight of our marriage when we're in such a busy season. But honestly, our marriage is one of our most important relationships, and it deserves to be protected. Now, Kimberly Walton, our guest today, she is going to share some really great practical tips to help you do just that. Now, if you listened last week and you waited all the way to the end, you heard me talk about a special promotion that we have going on while supplies last for our Life Balance planners. If you are a member of the Life Balance membership, make sure that you check out your email and inside the membership for what that special deal is for you. And if you're not yet a member, now is a great time to join because when you go to lifebalancemembership.com, you can see all of the different ways that you can start as a member. And one of those, we call it Fully Equipped. It's three months of membership with a life balance planner, which is a 90-day planner to really help you implement everything that you're learning inside the courses. So if you've been thinking about joining, now is a great time, but hurry because this special goes on while supplies last. Go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more. All right, without further ado, let's get into part two with Kimberly Walton on protecting our marriage. So what else should we be aware of kind of in that inner, that inner piece of the castle? So the inner piece, I think one of the things that's interesting to me is when I start looking at some of this is that what we have is this is the part where things sneak up because these are people who have made it inside the castle, not to the inner, inner part, not the part that's like the, what we call the castle keep, which is like the private residence and the personal defenses. But this is the part that kind of sneaks up on people when something starts to go bad. This is where you've got a friend that you've had forever who is, who is nagging at your marriage or you should leave him. And I have clients who have said that. Friends have said you should leave him. And I'm like, why? You know, I have this thing called the nause. If a man is not narcissistic, if he's not actively abusing you, if he's not actively got an addiction, and if he's not a womanizer, you actually don't have a bad guy. You may have to work on communication and beliefs and getting on the same page, but there's hope. This can be fixed if people want to fix it. But I have clients whose friends are constantly saying, oh, just leave him because he doesn't make enough money or he doesn't you know, respect you enough. And it's like, okay, hold on. So that stuff sneaks up in the inner defensive areas where your courtyard is and people who are behind the walls. That is a sneaky thing that happens. That starts drilling into things. So be aware of circumstances and times. Like the lady I was talking about earlier where she's got this problem with her husband and this woman who is married to her husband's best friend, like touching him and 
you know, when they go out to dinner and it's just the four of them, she is spending all of her time kind of, you know, looking at this woman's husband and it's an awkward thing. She stands too close to him, according to this woman. And so they're really having to work on how do they have their united front? How did they handle this? Well, all of her friends are saying, you need to just go tell that woman. You need to tell that woman. She better just get away from your husband. I'm like, well, hold on. The husband wants to save the relationship with his friend. You know, there's, what are our options? There's like six different options here. So just be really careful when you've got people inside your walls that are supposed to be friends and family, coworkers even, that sometimes the information they give you is to support you, but it doesn't support your marriage. Hmm. I think that that's really, really important. And one of the things I was thinking of as you were talking about that is it's one thing to be talking about friends, but family, that can be extra tricky. So what about like in-laws or or just other really close family members like siblings that are automatically kind of in there and some of them might be even more closer into that personal space? Like how do you protect your marriage against those situations? Because that can be really touchy. It can. I think it's funny. Like They're automatically in there. So you're like, yeah, they had a free pass to get through the gate. Yeah. They're part of the package. They came in with the husband or the wife. You know, usually what I think happens at that point in time is it's kind of a boundaries issue. And a lot of times people are upset about the in-laws, but really what they're upset about, and they don't always realize this, is that they're not upset about what the in-laws said or did. They're upset that their mate did not support them. Mm. And that's something people really, really benefit from looking at. So if if I have in-laws that are difficult, and I don't, I really have like the best in-laws in the world. But if I have in-laws that were difficult for me, I either can battle the in-laws or I can have a united front with my mate and ask him to either battle for me or we can choose not to battle because we know that we're a unit. And usually what happens is, this is a a stereotypical, and I apologize if anybody gets offended, but usually it's the mother-in-law who's too involved with the son. Mm -hmm. That seems to be more common. And what happens is the son, because he's got a longer relationship with his mom, and pretty much with mom can't do anything wrong, but yet he comes home to the wife and she maybe says, hey, you didn't do this, or can you this, or I need you to do this. The relationship is different. So the relationship with the mom is, hey, I'm golden, I'm perfect, I'm, I'm the prince. And you have to acknowledge that's what's going on. So don't ever ask your husband to choose between you and his mom. That's the first thing, because she's got it in a little easier, because she's kind of perfect a lot of times in their eyes. And, and I don't mean that as a negative, but it's like, you know, mom dotes on him and things like that. What you do is you say, hey, you know, what I need is I need to feel like you've got my back. I know that sometimes it's tougher because we have to work out different issues. And I know that your mom has been supportive and she loves you and she's always been there, but we have a different relationship. We have an intimate relationship. You know, we're building something here and I don't want to feel like I'm battling your mom. So what I need is I need you to support me. And in doing that, you tell me how can we work that out and let the husband give suggestions. And sometimes husbands will, like, oh, it's no big deal, that kind of thing. And, and I'm just going to share a little bit of my personal here. I think most of your listeners, if they listen to me or, or know anything about me, know that I'm divorced and I'm on my second marriage. And my first marriage, I had in-law problems and in-laws were very much ingrained and it was a difficult time. They would just do things. There was one year where they decided they were buying the kids' beds and they just bought beds and had them delivered, didn't even tell me. And my husband's like, hey, it was free. No big deal. I'm like, no. Oh my it's goodness. A big deal. It's a huge deal because the kids are in the same room together. They were five years apart, but I still wanted them to try to be 
not five years apart. I wanted them to still have a relationship. So they had a larger room. They had the master. They were in bunk beds. And we had set things up so that they could have a stronger relationship. And these were two separate beds because she wanted them in different beds. And I was like, this is not okay. And I had to battle my mother-in-law. I had to say, these are going to be put out on the front porch. You can either come get them or have somebody come get them or however you decide to do this. But this is not how I wanted this. This is not going down like this. And that was one of the big things in our marriage that was a real problem is the, the problem between the in-laws. And so I am very much aware that in-laws can ingrain themselves. And that point in time, you can't be battling the in-laws. You have to get on the same page with your mate. Your mate has to understand the loyalty has to be to you or seriously, the marriage is most likely not going to last. Yeah, yeah. And for my own marriage, I mean, when I talk about when we were so unbalanced and and my marriage almost fell apart, in-laws were such a huge part of that. But it was, it was that we were not united together in that situation. And that's ultimately what saved the marriage is that we got united. My husband was the one who kind of just decided like, nope, this is not going to happen. We are going to just link arms and we're going to get through this together and be that united front. And we had to kind of like rebuild some of the castle wall and some of the separation and, and reset those boundaries. And it was difficult and it's still difficult. And we're still recovering from that hurt relationship with them but we made it through it. And now our marriage is so much stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's going through that, there is hope, but it's got to be a united with you and your spouse in order to get through it. It absolutely has to be. And, and the other thing is you can't, you can't look at your spouse who's got an issue with, say, an in-law and anyway, discount that. You have to honor that because whatever that is behind that, maybe they just don't feel unsupported or they feel neglected or whatever. You have to honor that because that is your primary relationship. You've left your parents and you've now built this other relationship, your primary relationship, even above your children. And I know a lot of times moms tell me, no, my children come first. Your children cannot come first if your marriage doesn't come first. And you won't be a good role model for them either. And so your marriage has to be what you put your energy into and you, you fortify. And that's not always easy because again, society doesn't make it easy. It's like, oh, that's kind of stupid or that's silly or whatever. And it's so easy to, to pick on our men. But the truth of the matter is if we're not doing that, if we're not treating our marriage as something sacred and to be revered, it's never going to be what you want it to be. And it may not last. You know, people talk about something called the seven-year itch all the time. And I wrote an article on this a while ago for my blog. And the seven-year itch is now turned into the two-year itch. Marriages are only making it a couple years. They used to make it seven years before people gave up on them. And now they're only making it like a couple of years and people are having fun with it saying, oh, what was my starter marriage? And you bring so much baggage to the next marriage. And even if your second marriage makes it, you still have that history of, I kind of gave up on the first one or I didn't put all the energy into it. And I've worked with people in those cases and they said, you know, I feel like I failed in my first marriage, that I didn't really try, that I was lackluster, that I didn't, you know, do things right. And so they're, they've almost got a shame or a guilt that they're still dealing with. Mm, and I bet too, there was always going to be that lingering of what if, mm-hmm. like if you, if you didn't give it your all, like I understand like if you gave it your all and it just, you know, it was a one-sided or, or whatever the situation is, but if you didn't give it your all and then you start to give it all in your second marriage, I can imagine there's always going to be that big what if. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't know necessarily. And again, I, I don't mean to pick on society so much in media, but they do, they make these things seem so easy. Just let go of it. No big deal. Well, the only way you can have that is if you have a hardened heart and taking that into another marriage doesn't help. 
Exactly. Exactly. So I'm curious, you know, when we talk about these inner defenses, one of the things that you talk about is the back gate. What exactly is the back gate? So the back gate is basically you're out. You know, if you've got this inner circle and you have the situation where things are not working, for example, this lady I'm talking about here with the husband, where the woman's kind of coming on to her husband, this is a back gate scenario. Her and her husband have decided they're no longer doing anything with these people. They're still inside their, their gate, but the back gate is their entrance. They are not doing anything with these people. The husband will do something with his friend, but they're no longer having any sort of a foursome. They will do things if it's like, like a whole bunch of people, like at a church function, but they've decided to exit out the back gate. They, mm. they cannot be there. They cannot participate because it's the wife is feeling like violated because she's like, well, you're not supporting me. And he's like, I'm trying not to have a problem. I don't know what to say to my friend. And they're at a quandary because it's a problem. And what they've done right now is they've taken the back gate approach, which is we're just stepping away from this. We're removing this as a problem right now until we can figure out what the right choice is. Because I'm, I always encourage people, don't make a real snap decision. You got to think it through because this is going to be a cause and effect to this. So the back gate is any sort of out you need to take. It might be the situation with the in-laws. We're just not going to go over to the in-laws at Thanksgiving because they're going to do this or that. So the back gate is your exit if you have some sort of problem going on. Got it. That's brilliant. That's really brilliant because it it does kind of give you that an exit Mm -hmm. as an easy way. And I love that you use the analogy of of that couple because it's so perfect. And I think that so many different situations can kind of find that place where there's not an easy way forward. So we're just going to take the back gate. Yeah. And sometimes the back gate is the right thing. If you've got some sort of marauders or people coming in, the best thing to do in order to live another day is to take the exit. Mm. You can always come back and fight later. But at this point in time, if you don't know if you have the right resources or skills, maybe you just take a back gate, exit, and then go from there. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Hey there, I hope that you are loving this content from Kimberly. I know it has blessed me in so many different ways and I'm super excited to be listening to it again. Now you might've heard Kimberly and I referencing the PDF that goes right along with everything that she's talking about to help you personalize it and take it a step further. If you are a member of Life Balance Membership, you can find it on the membership site by going to resources and then to the marriage tab. And there you will find this along with so much more. If you are not yet a member of Life Balance Membership, you can upgrade right inside the Your Life Rocks app, or you can go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more. All right, Kimberly, so we talked about those outer defenses. We talked about those inner defenses. Now let's talk about personal defenses, because I think that this is really like where it is all about, right? Like this is like the heart of the issue. You know, it really is. It's, it's the last line of defense. And this is when all the other defenses have failed. And it includes what we call the inner courtyard and the keep. And the keep is the part that's the residence. It's the big like tower in the middle where the lords and the ladies live. And that's, that's your inner sanctum. So this is the place where typically we have storage and we have reserves. This again, is like the residence for the lords and the ladies or the kings and queens, whoever's there. It's often the safest part of the castle because people have had to go through multiple things in order to get here. And this would include something called an inner courtyard as well as the keep. Again, the keep is just the residence. And this is the place where this area gets fortified by having shared memories, by having intimate time, by having family gatherings with you and your, your, your family that are all there and supportive. 
It's your personal intimate space. It's reserved for your immediate family. And it's, it's things like when you go on family vacations and you have family time and you camp together and you make dinner together. It's the things that make you a stronger bond that especially makes these memories. Like one of our family in our courtyard activities is making Amish friendship bread. And we do this at Christmas time. And it, it is a all hands on deck because we make 60 loaves. Oh my and, goodness. Yes. And it's a process that starts in the beginning of November because you have to take the bread and you have to split it and you have to stir it. And you have to this. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I forgot to stir it. Whoever's at home, stir it. And it's it's everybody involved. And okay, are we going to do more poppy seed this year? Are we going to do more of this? And, and then we, we wrap it up and we put labels on it and everybody's involved. And people have friends who are like, hey, is so-and-so getting one? And mom, I need to add one this year because I got to give it to this person. And it's a memory. And so this ends up taking over the kitchen as well. And this is one of those things that would be part of your inner courtyard or your keep. It's an activity and it's part of your residence or even taking the kids to Disneyland at Thanksgiving, which we did when we had our exchange students because we've hosted a couple of times. Maintaining family rituals and traditions, those all fortify and protect that area. So the keep is really the relationship with that family. And again, the lords or ladies or kings and queens, and it falls into this personal defense. It includes even the beliefs and philosophies that you have about marriage. If you think marriage is hard and not worth it, then that you crumble from within right there. If you believe it's worth it and you think that you can make it through, then you're fortifying it. If you think that your mate has good intentions towards you, even if they fail you rather than evil intentions, that fortifies that area. And it's even if you focus on the be happy versus being right. So all of these things are, are part of fortifying that. What I call reach outs, little reach outs in the day by a text. You know, how you greet your mate at the end of the day. If your mate comes in and you're like, rah, rah, rah. Or if you're like, hey, honey, how was your day? If you leave love notes. My husband leaves me love notes all over the place in my car. If I've got a long day coming up or something like that, he will pack me a lunch and say, hey, I know you're going to be busy. And he has certain things he knows I like. Those fortify that inner sanctum. Remembering anniversaries and birthdays, that's huge. And I always tell men, you guys, you got to put these on your phones. You have to remember these things. They degrade your marriage in ways that you'll never know. Quality time with your mate, valuing and protecting that time together, turning off the TV and the phone if you're having that time, learning to make your mate's favorite cookie, you know, or meal that mom used to make. Those are all important things. Even like watching your hubby's favorite movie. My husband loves the movie, We Are Marshall. And I have seen that movie so many freaking times. And you know what? We love it. But I don't watch it for me. I watch it for him. I watch it with him. And we both end up in tears, you know. But how many times has your husband let you pick a chick flick to go to the movies, you know? Learning about your mate's quirks and letting them be that. Even little things like my husband and I have a text. Years ago, I was typing in the word awe, like, oh, that's super sweet. And it came out seaweeds. Because you know how autocorrect is. So now I just send him seaweeds or I'll put seaweeds. I'll write seaweeds on a note and put it in his car. You know, so it's that intimate that it's a shared memory or history that you're like, oh, okay. And I even tell people too, your pillow talk, seriously, your intimate time, your physical intimate time, those things build your inner courtyard and your keep. That's your personal defenses. We weaken them through deception or secrets. And I'm not talking like, hey, honey, I got a secret for your birthday. You can't look kind of thing. But any sort of secrets, talking about your mate, even addictions. I have a client that has a problem shopping and she's now keeping secrets from her husband because she doesn't want him to know. And I'm like, this is eroding your marriage. Even being adaptable and, and understanding that you go through seasons. These things are all, all part of that inner sanctum, that 
fortifies your marriage, that allows you to be strong um, together. You know, and as you're talking about all of those different scenarios, the memories, the fun times, the traditions, you know, those are the things that make the marriage so valuable. Those are the things mm-hmm. that make it so worth fighting for and, and putting forth all of those other defenses. So if you're listening to this, and as Kimberly was speaking, if you were having the same kind of thing where you were thinking about your own family traditions, this is what I was thinking about when you were talking, is all that stuff came flooding back to me about why my marriage is so precious to me and why it's so worth protecting. I think that that's the best place to start with all of this is that that inner peace. Because when you're talking about those things that are of value of, to you, the things that make all of the effort of all of this other stuff worth it, it makes it easier to then go and look at the courtyard and say, who's here? Who do we need to kind of exit the back with? Who do we need to build some stronger boundaries with? You know, let's, how do we want to fortify our marriage a little bit more and kind of work outward from this inner place because it, it creates so much more value and it makes the work so much more worth it. Right. And with our traditions and things, and, and I, a lot of times I call them shared memories, you know, those little quirky things like the seaweeds and stuff like that. Those things are not easy to replace. When people are like, hey, this marriage isn't working or it's hard or whatever, you've got shared memories that you're going to find that you're never going to get back. Those little quirks and those kind of things that you'll never you'll look back and go, oh, wait, that wasn't with you kind of thing. And it's so much easier to work on fortifying what you've got and making those. And I know we've got, and I don't want to spill the beans, but we've got a a talk coming up on traditions and that, because I love traditions. They really make a marriage solid. They make a family solid. Even if you have kids across the country going to college, they still have traditions. They still are connected. And those are those things that sometimes when we get so busy, we forget about them. We had a few years ago, when we've had our exchange student, where we didn't make the Amish friendship bread because it does require you start six weeks in advance for me to split to make that many loaves. We couldn't do it because we were going to be gone for that. And at that point in time, we said, oh, let's make homemade mocha mix. And so we have a a little tradition that we do if we can't do the tradition. And people are like, oh, what are we getting? Wait, people know they're getting this Amish friendship bread. And like, oh, sorry, you're getting mocha this year. You know, they're like, okay, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is so it is so important because those are the things, those are like the threads that bring everyone together. And, you know, for me when my marriage was really like we were planning on doing the exit from each other, mm-hmm. those were the things that hurt the most. And yeah. and thinking about how that was going to impact my kids and the traditions and the memories that we had created together, now that they were going to look back on that, like we couldn't continue those. I wouldn't have the heart to continue those. And that's what made it worth fighting for for Absolutely. us personally. Yeah. And people don't always think about that. They just want the pain or the discomfort to stop. Mm-hmm. And very often they don't realize that you're in for more pain and more discomfort. And it's so much easier a lot of times to fix something than it is to throw it out and start over. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that too, that you were talking about the things that I think sometimes we take for granted that can deteriorate that intimacy together, like keeping secrets. And it's a slippery slope. It's really easy to have that slow fade of just being like, oh, it's just this little something that I'm not going to mention. And then it turns into something bigger and bigger and bigger. And it really can have a huge effect. Right. Well, and in, in some cases, like this woman who has a problem with shopping, one of the things is I said, okay, we've got options here. Can you give yourself a budget? Can you say, look, I need a discretionary budget and then I don't have to keep a secret and I will, I will try to stay within this budget. And so they're working out something different because she's, she's dealing with different things that are going on here. And I don't want to, you know, spill too much here, but just 
there are times where you can say, well, I don't want to be able to keep a secret, but I still want to be able to do this. So how can we work it out? But it always requires a conversation with your mate. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. So anything else with the inner courtyard? Uh, No, that's basically it. Just, you know, getting the quirks and all the quality time and the shared memories and valuing those things and keeping them up. Yeah. And I think that's important to keep it up because sometimes as we get really busy and we're kind of getting ready to, you know, swoop into the holiday season. Mm -hmm. It's really easy just to be able to say, you know what, I can't, I'm not going to keep it up this year or I'm not going to do those things this year. And sometimes I, I know I've been guilty of this a couple of times in my marriage. And I know a lot of women who have been guilty of it where they will keep some of those intimate, special things, whether it's small little traditions or things that they always do for their husband for their birthday, or they always do. And they'll like keep it from them almost as a way of punishment. And that can be really, really detrimental. Yeah, because then it's a huge hole at that point in time. It's it's a punishment and the punishment is not really our job as a mate. We shouldn't be punishing. We should be mending. We should be solving. We should be fortifying. And if you go into punishment because you're like, well, I'm mad because you didn't this or I'm upset because of that or I'm not going to do this because I want you to understand or you don't appreciate, then we've really missed an opportunity to fortify our wall. Mm. Because conversations fortify walls. And even if you don't agree, and again, I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier, rarely do we get anything solved in one conversation, you know, but Mm -hmm. conversations are what fortify walls, conversations and actions. And if you're in the habit of punishing, that's just, you might as well just be taking acid and throw it on your wall. It's just going to erode it. Mm, That's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. So talk to us a little bit about the keep. How is the keep different than the inner courtyard? Well, so the inner courtyard is where you're doing all your activities. That's the family things and things like that. The inner keep is really your beliefs. The keep is the place where you store your reserves. And so with the keep, what we're really looking at is your belief systems, your habits that you do. This is going to be more of man-woman stuff. So I think that your intimate time, your pillow talk, your ideas on marriage, your belief systems. And I talk to my clients a lot about belief systems because if you have a belief that, you know, your man's out to get you or you have a belief that marriage is hard or you have a belief that nothing is easy or, or you know, money is difficult or whatever, all of those things, you're going to be looking for those. And so your belief systems, your philosophies, a lot of the stuff that's internal, you know, it's the how you greet your mate at home when he comes home. It's those little things that are more just you and mate. Your inner courtyard is more of your family and the activities that you do. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's a good differentiator. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be hard because some of those beliefs are so deeply ingrained in who you are and they really can come to surface and either build up or hurt your marriage. And oftentimes we're not aware of them. Yeah. We're absolutely not aware of them. I do a lot with affirmations. And I don't really like, I don't care so much about affirmations, but I have an activity that I do with people where I try to get them to figure out what's really going on. Like somebody say, oh, you know, I'm trying to get more fit. And we go through a whole process of questioning to try to get what's really underneath it. Because so often what we see as the issue is really not the issue. And you've got to get underneath that because you can't really work on it unless you really know what the situation is. Mm, yeah, we'll absolutely. save that for another talk. Yeah, because that could be a huge whole other conversation. <laughs> and you know, it's sometimes it's bigger things. Like I think you and I have talked about this before. But I came from a divorced family. Not just like that, my parents were divorced, but like my aunts and uncles were divorced. Like everyone was divorced except for my grandparents. And it was just like a natural, normal thing. And I remember, I will always remember, it was on my wedding day, and something just wasn't quite going right. 
And I remember one of my aunts kind of laughing about it and being like, oh, it's just your first marriage. You'll learn all of the things that you want to do differently for your second marriage anyway. And it was kind of shocking at the time. But as we've progressed through the years of our marriage, it's dawned on me that that's like a a big underlying belief is that having multiple marriages is normal. And I would catch myself whenever we would have like a big fight or something else would happen like, oh, is this it? Is this what's going to end the marriage? And Mm -hmm. it was like almost always waiting and anticipating. And it it wasn't that I wanted the marriage to end, but it was just like this deep-seated belief in me that I didn't even know was there that the marriage would end and it would be my first marriage. Right. And when, when we get those beliefs, especially at a time where we're highly charged or emotional or susceptible, it like burrows in and you, you keep playing in the back of your head. And you don't even notice it. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that erodes. So some aunt or somebody that is not even, shouldn't even be in your inner sanctum necessarily is still in the back of your mind playing this little loop that's eroding away. And that's why that that part with the keep, that's where you've got to look at those things. You've got to look at what's playing and, you know, like society. Okay, everybody in the marriage and they're this and we're that. And, you know, the TV shows that are so popular, so often they have things in there that are not for marriage. They are down on marriage and people having affairs and it's okay because I love them and, you know, the sex is good or whatever. And it's like, wow, these things really do erode at a marriage and we're not aware of it. It's like some subconscious thing that's just playing out. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. And so just like everything in life, I really believe that bringing it all into light, and that's why I love having this conversation with you is because it brings it all into light. It allows us to ask ourselves these questions of what does our marriage look like to the outside? Does it look strong or does it look weak? And who, who's protecting this castle? Who are, mm-hmm. who are those guards that we're allowing in? Who's in the courtyard and what we're doing to really protect it? So I love that we have you here so that mm-hmm. we can really have this conversation and bring it into light. So thank you so very much, Kimberly. Oh, I'm happy to help. I, you know, I'm passionate about this stuff. So when I get an opportunity to share, obviously we'll talk forever. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Of course, because you know the drill. Uh-huh. It's a Christian podcast. We've talked so much already about God and just what that looks like for marriage. But what Bible verse do you have for us for this episode? Well, I think the one that's most fitting is Mark ten nine, which says, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So perfect for everything. I don't think you could have picked a more perfect verse. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. I love it. Well, if people want to learn more about you, your classes, your radio show, all of the amazing things that you have going on, where can they learn more about you? Well, if they go to my website at Cherished wives.com. That's probably the first place to start. And, you know, off to the side of we've got our Facebook page. So people can always click on that. I also, you know, I welcome anybody who wants to reach out and connect. If you have an article that you really want to see, you know, a topic that you're like, hey, can you can you address this? We're going to be doing some videos coming up in November. So look for those. And if anybody wants to get on our newsletter, it's only monthly. We don't send it out all the time. I'm not big on spam. So we won't spam anybody, but our newsletter is always a really good place. So they know when classes are coming up with the course and things like that, if they want more information. So I say get on the newsletter list, which there's lots of opportunities. If you go to the cherishedwives.com and connect with us also on Facebook, those are great places. We'd love to hear from people. Feel free to you know post questions. Feel free to send us emails and say, hey, I'd love to hear a topic on this. We would be happy to do that. We're going to have a Ask Kimberly section coming up pretty soon, just some little short videos that are topics that people are asking about. 
the long and short of it. Sorry, I rambled a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I highly encourage everyone to reach out to Kimberly, get involved in everything she's doing. And if you're listening to this and you're in the Sacramento area, then you definitely want to connect with her, go to her classes. I wish I lived in Sacramento. I would be at every single one of them. Maybe I I need to come up there and do a class. Oh my goodness. Because I do that. I do a lot of people have me, they do everything and I come. So there's, there's options for that too. If somebody wants me to come somewhere, then we've got that for an option too. So we'll talk privately about that. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly, for everything you do to support Your Life Rocks and for all of the amazing information that you shared with us today. It's truly priceless. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the time and the opportunity to reach out and connect with people. Kimberly is such a gem, and I highly encourage you to go check out her website, cherishedwives.com. There you have so many other resources that you can get to help you really put your marriage first in your life. Now, in the coming weeks, we have a lot of really great experts coming your way to help you with your career, help you with your finances, and so much more. If you have not yet subscribed to the show, I hope that you do so. And if you're loving it, it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review. So until next time, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.